I'm preaching this year on the theme of experiencing God. Now, I'm aware some people have asked me about this, that there's a book called Experiencing God by a guy named Henry Blackaby. I do like that book, and I may use some of it, but that's not really what this series is about. It's really just my theme of, of sort of how do we experience God in our own lives. It's coming out of what I think is my vision, my, my idea for what church should be, which is helping people experience, acknowledge, and respond to God in everything. Not just at church, but all the time. And so uh, we're talking, uh, kind of the last two weeks, I set up this idea of experiencing God. If you missed those sermons, I would encourage you to go back and catch them. Uh, I record the audio so you can go online and listen. Um, I also have it typed up, uh, both those sermons, and they are on a table in the back. So if you've missed, you can read and catch up. Um, but but so those kind of set the stage, I think, for the rest of the year in preaching. And now we're going to start diving into uh, how do we experience God in particular ways, in particular scenarios and different things. We're going to talk a little bit about doubt and how people are losing their faith. We're going to talk about forgiveness. Today we're talking about time. Now, since we're talking about experiencing God and we're talking about time, I w- let's tr- we're going to have a little experience here. Talk to your, talk to your per- the person you came with or the person right near you. I'm interested, real quick, if you could stay in any year, if you could live in any year, what year would you live in? Talk to your neighbor real quick. you got 20 seconds. What year? Follow up. Follow up, maybe related. If you could stay any age, like if you go back and be any age, what age would you be? Go ahead, talk to your neighbor. What would you pick? All right, toss out some years. What were some years? People would pick what year? What? Age or a year, what do you got? 80? I was negative two, but go ahead. Huh? When you were 20, what else? Ages or dates? 2003, oh, okay. What? 54, okay. 24. Um, so um, nobody picked a year in the way past, did you? Did anybody be like 15, 17? I'd want to be there for something. No? Did anybody pick a future year? What? Did anybody pick a future year? Oh, Max, how old are you right now? Huh? 10, yeah. So when you're 10, that's what you think about. Okay? Did anybody pick the current year? Somebody did? Did anybody pick your current age? No, nobody picked the current age. No, okay. Now, this is kind of interesting. Almost nobody did pick their, the current age. Nobody picked, almost nobody picked their current year. And almost nobody picked the future year. Isn't that funny? But isn't it funny? This is how we are with time. This is how we are with time. We have trouble living in the time that we're in. Okay? How many of you can identify with this? That when you were younger, like Max, you wanted to get older. Now when you're older, what do you want to do? Get younger. In the summer, we crank up our air conditioners, and in the winter, we crank up our heaters. When we're at work, we dream of vacation. When we get a day off, all we can think about is what? Work, okay? When we have our babies, 
We can't wait for them to get out of diapers. And then when they get older, we think, oh, I just want to hold my baby again. When we're somewhere, we're often thinking about what we want to do afterwards, even at church, right? What do I have to do today? What time is the football game on again? There's all these thoughts. What happened last week? Okay. When we're on vacation, we're talking about the next vacation. We're not even enjoying the current vacation. We're on to the next one. In this world, we can't even wait for stuff. The world is so instant now that if you have to wait more than about five minutes for your food, you don't want to wait there anymore. That we don't ha- we have trouble waiting. We have trouble being anywhere for any period of time. And time is funny, isn't it? How relative is time? Have you ever been with friends and a couple hours flies by and you're like, somebody finally looks at their clock like, I need to go. Where, where did the last three hours go? But if you've ever waited on the phone, waited by the phone for somebody to call after an accident, or waited for a doctor to come in and give you news, those three minutes are hours. And in this world, there are these important moments we, we can kind of see coming, right? You get married, or you have kids, or you switch jobs. Then there are always mundane, like boring moments. But someday, sometimes the boring moments surprise you and become really important. And sometimes the important ones aren't near as important as you thought they were going to be. It's interesting how time is so relative and how we have so much trouble with time. Seasons are funny too. It seems funny to me that God would tilt the world in such a way that at certain points we're closer to the sun or we're not as far close to the sun so that sometimes we're cold and sometimes we're warm and sometimes the day is longer and sometimes the day is shorter. And how, many, how often are we always like, man, I'm ready for spring. Anybody else feeling that? Okay. We're always like, what's the next one? Like, what's the next one? Imagine being in, living in a time where you didn't have a clock where you had to live based on the world, based on nature, in tune with the seasons. When it got dark, you went to bed. When it got light, you woke up. When you had food available or you were hungry, you ate. You didn't do it based on the clock. Imagine setting up meetings with people in town when there's no clock. You have to be, we'll meet about when the sun's like right there. Right? There's not a, you're not late in the ancient world because there's no clock. And yet we have no sense of that. We have no sense of season. We wonder why people get depressed in the winter, and yet when the night is longer, we don't sleep anymore. Maybe the ancient people had some ideas about how to do this. We expect life to be flat. Or if we want something to grow, we expect it to go up and to the right. Business goes up and to the right, and church goes up and to the right, and, and life goes up and to the right. But life is anything but linear. Growth is anything but in a straight line. It's all over the place. We go through times and we go through seasons. And so many times we dream of being somebody else. We might dream of being somewhere else, but I think one of the key components of the human experience is we all have trouble being now. We don't want to be some, we want to be somebody else, we want to be somewhere else. We really all want to be someone else. Some other time, some other period, some other season. I'd rather be someone else. How many of you know somebody who's trapped in the past? It's like, it's like they, something happened back there. Maybe it was good, maybe it was bad, but they just like stay there. They don't really want to move forward. They just want to, yeah, let's, or, they, or they've spent their whole life and all their energy trying to get over the trauma of this or prove themselves to this person. It's like they, they get stuck in the past. 
There are lots of reasons for that. Most of the time, it's just because we prefer being back there. I knew what it was like back there. And here's the other thing I've found about the past. Because it's already happened, I can remake it. You know people that do this? I can re-remember it differently than it actually was. Yeah, I can go back and kind of update my memories and say, I'll just, I'll just drop the bad stuff and I'll talk about the good old days. You ever talk to somebody who talks about the good old days and you were there and like, I don't think those were as good as you think they were, right? I think you, you were a little creative with your memories here. But I think we, we like that about the past. We can sort of recreate the past. We can edit. And the future is for us so unknown. I don't know what's out ahead. I don't know what the future holds. It could hold something bad. Let me give you a great example of this. Okay, With, with each of my kids, we got into this book. Do you remember this book? It's a Sesame Street book. The monster at the end of this book. Do you remember this with your kids or grandkids? Oh, it's a fantastic book. I used to read it in Grover's voice. And with, with strep throat, I'm not going to do it because my throat's still kind of recovering. But, but what happens is in the book, Grover finds out the title. There's a monster at the end of this book. And so Grover pleads and he begs and he yells. And look, he even ties the pages together saying, there's a monster at the end of this book. Don't keep going forward. And then eventually he's yelling, he builds a wooden wall, and then he builds a brick wall. He says, don't stop turning pages, and Art Grover's trying to argue with you not to continue the book. And then, of course, if you've read the book, what's the funny ending? I'm sorry, spoilers here. It's Grover, he's the monster. Yeah, you go through the whole book, and he's worried about a monster at the end of the book, and he is the monster at the end of the book. But how often do we do that? How often do we... We're not sure what the future holds. We're pretty sure it's something bad. So we yell, we argue, we tie knots, we build walls saying, let's not turn the page. Let's not go there. Let's stay back here. On the other hand, I know people who are totally stuck in the future. They have no sense of past, no sense of where they came from, no sense of history. They just want to make it all from scratch. I don't think that's any more helpful. Right? I think that we have history and we have past. How, how are you going to read a book and just drop the first few chapters and then start a fresh new book here? It's not, you're not carrying on anything from the previous chapters. You see this tension? That if you're either stuck in the past and running from the future or running from your past and blazing a trail into the future, where are you not focused? Now. Today. And in reality, today is all you got. Can't go back and change the past. You're not going to know the future till it's today anyway. All you got is now. All you've got is now. And this is an important thing for Christians. Because I think there's something about Christianity that is both timeless. It's these truths. It's this big old story. But it's also timely. It also happens in a moment. It happens now. Jesus comes to humanity, but he comes to a particular time and a particular place. Okay? Like, Jesus' writings on cloning, not real strong. Jesus' teaching on uh, fuel efficiency, uh, not real good. He came to a particular time, came to a particular place, and there's something timeless about what Jesus does, but there's also something timely about it getting expressed in this moment. It's eternal, but it's also temporal. Timeless, but also timely. 
fact, here's how it should work for Christians, I believe. There's a particular event in history about Jesus coming, dying on the cross, rising from the dead. There's an actual event that happened in real time that then can change my history. So I know because of that event, I can be forgiven and I can have grace. And even though bad stuff may have happened to me, God can rewrite, He can heal, He can can deal with my past. At the same time, as a Christian, I can look ahead. And I may not know exactly what's going to happen in the next few chapters, but I do know how the story ends. And everybody, there's not a monster at the end of the book. There's a shepherd at the end of this book. I know how the story ends. And so as a Christian, I can trust my past, and I can trust God with my future. And I don't forget my past, okay? And I, and I, don't, I don't have to fear the future. But, but the freedom of Christianity is, the freedom of following Jesus is, because of those two things, because I'm living out of my past, because I'm living into Christ's future for me, I have the freedom to live in the now, in the today. I can trust God, even though I know I'm temporal. Even though I know that someday my story comes to an end, I know that my story's end is not the end. Hey, I can trust God with all of that so that I can live in the now. What did Jesus say? Therefore, Matthew 6, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Part of what Jesus is telling his disciples is, hey, you don't you want to worry about stuff. No, just, just live in the today. Give us today our what? Daily bread. And there's freedom. There is freedom for the Christian. And the reality is, God could have put you anywhere. Okay? He could have had you born in 1903. He could have had you born in 1503. He could have had you born in 03. Okay? He, he could have had you anywhere. The question for you all and for me is, why did God put me now? Why did God put me here? But why did God put me now? Maybe another way to ask that question is out of Ecclesiastes. And we just, you just heard a song about it. Okay? Ecclesiastes 3 says, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. Time to be born, a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill, a time to heal. A time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep, a time to laugh. A time to mourn, a time to dance. We just sang it. I don't need to read the whole thing. Right? There's seasons to life. Have you figured this out yet? Like there's physical seasons, right? Winter, spring, summer, and fall. But, but there's also seasons in our own life. There's chapters. There's pages. And you're in the chapter that you're in now. You're in the season that you're in now. And each season requires different emotions, different emphasis, different energies, different projects, different relationships. Every season has a time. There's a place and a time for everything. How much time do we waste avoiding the season that we're in? How much time do we just wish it was this year? We wish we were that age. We wish this was still going on. Well, it's not. God has you here and God has you now. And the question is, how do I experience God now? If I'm wasting a lot of energy wishing it was a different season or trying to force my way through this season, I miss out on what Christ has for me today. Part of experiencing God in your life is learning to live in the season that you're in. I'm, I'm reminded of this every January because I go through, I call it my January funk. 
Okay? And I, I, I've just noticed I have a lot less energy in January. Now, I always get sick in January. It, it happens this week. And I don't know if it's the end of like getting my family and my church through Christmas or whatever, or just winter sort of seasonal things. But in January, my energy goes, like I power down a little bit in January. And when I got started in ministry, I always wanted to like, no, it's the new year. Let's go. New stuff, new plans, new ideas. And I used to try to force my way through January as if life went like this and I could just keep forcing. Then I figured out that was really stupid because <laughs> you know what happened is if I, if I try to force my way through January and February, then I found that, that uh, my energy wasn't high in March or April either. Like, you know what I have to do? I got to just slow down. Like driving on, on hilly, windy roads. You got to drive with the terrain. You can't just go 65 through every curve. You got to understand the season that you're in. You got to flow. You got to understand where God has you now. And, and so many people, so many people retire or they get new jobs. They get an empty nest. Um, but, they, but they don't understand how to transition, how to think about those things. In nature, we used to transition. When it was winter, you had to get, an, you know, if winter's coming, I got to pack enough wood for the year and I got to have enough food for the season because I won't be harvesting. And I, I got to, even today, how many of you, you know, winter's coming, I better go find my sweatshirts. Okay, summer's coming. Where are my flip flops? My bathing suit, I haven't seen in months. I got to go find it. I got to prepare for the seasons. And yet, in our lives, when we go through different seasons, when we transition between this and this, we don't take the time to realize how different those things are and how we're not prepared. Okay? And I've watched. How many of you have watched? As somebody retires and they have no idea what they're doing. They don't know what to do with themselves. They don't know what to do with it, right? They, because they, they haven't realized the, the major transition that they're in. Well, you can fight that. Or you, can, you, can, you can argue with it. But, but I think finding God in your life is realizing that the waves, the ebbs and flows, the hills, the seasons are part of God's plan. And what God wants to do with you is meet you on that road. And if you're always fighting the season that you're in, then you're missing out on what God would say to you in those moments. I also really appreciate the double meaning of the word season. Okay, like if, if, you, if somebody's been really experienced, what do you call them? They're seasoned, okay? Part of what God does is he seasons you as you go through. And I love the idea that he flavors you, right? If I have a really good, if I want to make something on the grill, I season it. I give it flavor. I think that's what God does in our lives. We go through seasons and God is seasoning us. Part of what we need to do is match the season that we're in. And so often... We fight it. Or as a, a philosopher, Christian writer named James K. Smith put it in his new book, we need to inhabit time. We need to live in the time, in the season that we're in. What time is it for you? What season is it for you right now? Are you fighting where you are now? Do you wish it was somewhere else? Or are you moving into what God has for you now? What would the world like, look like if Christians every day woke up and said, okay, Jesus, where are you? Where are you today? What do you have for me today? Where are you leading me today? What are you saying? Why does God have you here now and not some other time, not some other age, not some other season? This is one of the biggest obstacles, I think, to experiencing God in our life. Also one of the biggest opportunities. What time is it? What season is it now? If you want to experience God in your life in, in living, vivid ways, start by intentionally 
living in the moment, the present, this season. Trust Him. Trust Him with what's ahead. Trust Him with what's behind. Don't forget it. Live out of your past. Live into your future. But remember that all you actually have is now. So guard your time. Guard your focus. It's what you get to do today is precious. It's all you got. Treat it that way. Expect Jesus to show up in it. And I think what you're going to find is you're going to experience God in a lot of new and special and meaningful ways. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.